0: Hello and welcome to the Not A Coalition edition of Political Traction. I'm your host, Amanda Galbraith. You know what they say, if it looks like a duck and quacks like a duck, then it's probably a duck, or in this case, a coalition. Last week, the Liberals and NDP announced a supply and confidence agreement that will share power between them both and prop up the Trudeau government until 2025. In return for the support from the NDP, the Liberals have committed to more social spending for things like dental and prescription drugs. Today, I'm joined by Navigator alumni and NDP strategist Sally Hauser and fellow Navigator principal and liberal commentator Colin McDonald to discuss what this means for the next three years of this government and the country. Plus, Sally and Colin weigh in on the leadership race in Alberta. This is Political Traction. Welcome back to the podcast. I have with me today uh, an old, an alumnus of Navigator, an old friend, uh, Sally Hauser, who uh, left us sadly, but um, occasionally pops in to say hello. Is an NDP. Um, can I call you an NDP strategist? An NDP expert of things um, and all I'm things prairie, all things Western and Prairies, and of course my colleague Paul McDonald, uh, who is a principal at Navigator and also. Um, a liberal strategist and veteran of many a liberal leadership campaign Um, this week you could say Canadian political class was quite rocked um, earlier on about this supply and confidence deal not to be called a coalition because it's not a coalition they promise you it's not a coalition Um, certainly is not and so not a coalition no 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 it's not well if there's a coalition they're actually getting cabinet as opposed to just a deal to do the thing you've been doing anyway. Um so rather than meal pine on it, which I will probably do anyway in the next 20 minutes, uh, I wanted to get Colin and Sally's takes because it's one thing for partners, a partisan conservative to talk about this stuff. It's a whole other thing for folks that work in those parties or around those parties. Um, so maybe Sally, I will kick it over to you first uh, for your honest take. Um, one were you surprised <laughs> Sorry, laughing were you surprised by this and are you do you think this is a good deal for drug meat sex?
1: yeah I mean I, I was surprised by it because it was all uh, I mean there wasn't a lot of telegraphing that this was something in, in the offing uh, sometimes when you see these type of agreements it's there there's some kind of critical point where it's like oh we're heading towards an election or you know the government might fall on this confidence motion as you, you see seeing kind of minority. Uh, parliaments. That, you know, wasn't really the case. Um, but you know, I think this conversation and um, you know, it, it's fun to talk about kind of you, you say kind of political people and insiders and and the kind of cut and thrust and the strategy and everything. Um, but talking to regular people about this uh does it mean that i'm going to be able to go to the dentist without opening up my wallet like that's a positive thing and it's also the type of thing where people in a minority parliament um i mean i hear it frankly more than i would like to <laughs> but um uh, you know like why can't the ndp and liberals just you know get along right like why you know why don't you, you know why, why why do they always need to be fighting each other and so i think strategically in terms of that of the you know the NDP, with uh, you know a small, smallish number of seats in the legislature, being able, uh, in, in parliament, being able to show, uh, getting an actual, real, some actual, real, intangible results. Uh, for the people of canada out of minority parliament um i know you know talking to uh to, to folks all across the the country new democrats uh and also like i said just people who are more you know casual observers or not even uh this seems really positive it's a little rockier um i i, I might say on 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 the prairies um or certainly, Jason Kenney and and Scott Moe immediately uh, took every opportunity they possibly could to tie the provincial NDP um, to to Justin Trudeau and and his his lack of popularity uh, on the prairies, um, you know. But that's that's kind of uh, a, an internal politicking thing uh, to, to be managed uh, managed out west. Uh, but in general, I think a really good a good deal for Canadians overall, and good for the NDP to show that, you know it's our brand of that kind of uh you know medicare was was put forward jack layton got a housing strategy in a similar circumstance so uh it's certainly on brand for us and that kind of what people want to see the ndp doing i think
0: so colin to pick up on that sally sort of and i i do want to poke a little bit at some of those responses because i'm curious on your Kind of the political implications it makes for the ndp in the long run but colin a lot of folks are saying this is a very clear win for the prime minister um it gives him three years he has some stability he can legacy build or whatever He can argue the last two years with the pandemic the government hasn't been able to implement the stuff they wanted to um do you are there is there any downsides to this for justin trudeau or should he be like laughing all the way to 2025 well,
2: i mean i think it's 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 Obviously, very positive for the, for the prime minister. Else, he wouldn't have agreed to it, right? He's the person. You know, one of the things I found most funny about this is the sort of the conservative hysteria around a power grab by somebody who was already in power and that no, was facing no credible threats to that position of power for the foreseeable future, with or without a an agreement. So, so I, I don't know how it's possible to grab the power that you, maybe he's like hugging it tighter now than he was uh previously but you know I think that kind of hysteria around um around that is just like super obviously overblown and hyper partisan um I think yeah it's a good agreement for him I think I was um I think it's people have been a little bit there's been a lot of commentary about how the NDP didn't get much out of this uh and, and I think that's I think that's unfair I think Sally's right in pointing out that um you know the dental piece the dental care piece is, a, is an important piece I think it does buy that by the NDP some um you know some some stability uh, I think it also gives them an interesting opportunity in Quebec uh you know and the Liberals and the and the, the New Democrats will fight over that opportunity but it but in some ways it neutralizes the block for a little bit so that opens up an avenue for both the Liberals and the NDP Um, So yeah, I think for the Prime Minister, I think for 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 uh, for Liberals, uh, it was a very good couple of days I was in Ottawa with some of our Ottawa colleagues on Wednesday, and, uh, and and Liberals were feeling pretty good uh, about themselves, Um, but 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 I think that that this this it's going to sound like I'm just sort of partisan like oh the world is great now because but like people literally, and this is one of those interesting things where, you know how people tell us they don't like attack ads, and then they always vote for the people who run the attack ads. So people always tell us, you know, you go knocking door to door, all of us have had that distinct pleasure of knocking on someone's door and interrupting their Sunday afternoon so that uh, we can talk to them about something they don't want to talk about. Uh, and inevitably, a lot of those people will say to you, you know, I just wish, as Sally said, I wish everyone would just get along. Why can everyone just get along and do what they're supposed to do and stop the bickering and get things done? if that if this will be an interesting test and see how that's how people actually actually feel because this is that's literally what we're talking about right now. We're talking about two parties that, yeah, they line up on a lot of things, but they disagree on an awful lot of things as well. Uh, and if they're willing to put aside those disagreements and just play nice in the sandbox and get some substantive policy done over the next couple of years, that's supposed to be what people say they want them to do.
0: So I will just say for the record, this conservative, um, well, is less fussed by this because I just think it codifies what the NDP were doing anyway, which was eventually, like, forgive me, Sally, but eventually, like, rolling over whenever there was a major confidence motion and, and supporting the government. Um, occasionally eking out stuff, occasionally not, right? So I don't, I, I actually think it's good for the conservatives. It gives us time after the leadership to establish a leader. Um, you know, this thing's only as good as it stays, right? And we saw it in, in BC when sometimes coal- well, coalitions, whatever agreements work, sometimes they don't. Um, and it also gives them something to rally around. as supposed to fight with each other, right? So as opposed to turning the guns on you know, Pierre and Patrick fighting, and all of a sudden he can fundraise off of um, the prime minister. But that being said, I, there was an interesting take from Christy Clark on the Hurley Burley podcast where she said, um, it was actually advised by Brad Marini, you can take this for what you will, but that coalitions or agreements or whatever of this nature are good for, be for the prime minister, because at the end of the day, people are going to remember that he did dental care or dental care, he did. So how does, and I know Jagmeet Singh's, they've got the committee and they've got this laundry list of stuff. Um, which goes well beyond just dental and health into housing promises, into electoral reform. Um, I would argue, like, from a comms perspective, to me, it's a lot more challenging to remember than what Jack Leighton did, which was, like, five things, which I still really distinctly recall from 2005. Um, but how does Jagmeet Singh not disappear into this big liberal machine as, like, sort of... Because, you know, he's had a hard time, I think, and understandably, the third party, right? But how does he make sure that he gets credit for that?
1: Yeah, um, I, th- I think that, uh, I mean, the key thing is is actually that communications piece of being able now, both in terms of signing up members, uh, communicating with members, communicating people with large to starting that right now of, you know, we got results. We took the seats that we had uh, and we got results for Canadians, significant results for Canadians, results that are gonna make your life more affordable and frankly, uh, and, and make you healthier. Um, But you're absolutely right. If you don't start that kind of communications piece, if that is not forming every part of every piece of literature, every email, every fundraising pitch, um, every line you use when you're in front of media, then it does, then it is lost, right? So I think it it has got to have to be that aggressive uh, part of it is like, hey, liberals, the the liberals weren't going to do this without this pressure, right? As a win for Canadians, we're not in another, we're not going to have another foolish election call, you know, in a year and a half from now. Uh, And, you know, and it's that that idea of kind of, uh, you said, is it likely that the NDP was going to trigger an election to begin with? No, but we have this, you know, position where uh, instead of going through this this weird kind of set of bluffing every time there's a budget or a confidence motion, uh everybody can kind of get about the business of of doing what a parliament should be doing. I think that uh not to pump, um, my
2: my job on this panel is not to pump Judge meet Singh's tires, but uh, you can pump whoever's
0: tires you want. We're equal opportunity uh, here.
2: I, I think, you know, I think he's taken a lot of flack. Uh, and the people who negotiated the agreement have taken a lot of flack over the last couple of days from uh from from panelists and, and talking heads and columnists and everything else about not getting like a formal coalition, like not getting government seats, not getting cabinet. But I think that's actually, that was really smart, right? Like you don't want to become Nick Clegg, right? Like you exactly. don't, you don't want to be, uh, so closely aligned with the government that you get completely drowned out. Amanda, to your point by, cause now, now Jagmeet Singh can he can do exactly what Sally has, has said right he can go out every day and he can tell people that without absent disagreement these things wouldn't have happened but he's not bound by having to be respectful or having to like respect confidences or he he's he can just say look what i did and he can still throw as much mud as he wants now whether he's whether i think he's well positioned enough and has a good enough message that he's going to sell that and people will buy it that's that's maybe where I stopped pumping his tires, um, but I think not like going full in on like a coalition was actually a really smart, uh, a smart piece for them to do. Um, I think where they run into a little bit of trouble in claiming that you know, um, you know, claiming success for some of these things when when they're delivered is the agreement itself actually. And I don't know either either of you agree with this or not, but. When I read it, I was struck by the amount of like sort of like quote unquote weasel words and like floating deadlines that the NDP allowed to still be in there because it did sort of reinforce the notion from my perspective that, yeah, this is all stuff the government was going to maybe do anyways. And the NDP, like, so I do think he's going to have a bit of a hard time because they didn't, they didn't sort of put really strict, there's some wiggle room in there, Right. So he's gonna have to find a way to convince people that absent the dental care piece, which again, not to discount it, but it's one component. He's gonna have to find a way to convince people that without this sort of somewhat restrictive, but not really restrictive agreement, the government that was already trending in a you know government doing more stuff kind of direction wouldn't have done some of this stuff anyways
0: you're referencing right for example the um the first they agreed to pass universal pharma care act by 2023 whatever that means right like the government's been promising i mean that an act can be like in 2050 we will be doing x and there's a formulary on bulk purchasing plans for 2025 so i think that's an example of weaselly stuff or whatever you want to say um sally you mentioned some challenges in the western part of the country Around this deal for the NDP, I mean, that's other than that's arguably where the NDP have had significant success, right? In BC, um, in the, the Western provinces, and when, when I say Alberta. the
1: West, I'm I'm, I'm I'm only talking about Alberta and and, and Saskatchewan, where where uh, Trudeau is 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 pretty dreadfully unpopular. I think that it was great and aligns well with uh, the, the NDP government in British Columbia. I think that that's, for, uh, that's generally a positive kind of for them uh, for them out there. Yeah, it's strictly the popular- for,
2: for our friends in British Columbia, please please know that that some of us consider you to be in the West as well. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: all right, I should
1: say prairies, prairies, prairies.
0: Prairies, all right. So, but you've had success in the prairies. I mean, not least looking at potentially becoming premier again. Like I think that's a very viable option for her. Um, you know, we know that the vote in the NDP caucus wasn't unanimous it was majority, but not unanimous. Um, obviously I don't pretend to understand the tensions between the liberal and NDP and the mergers and not mergers and all this kind of shit. But, um, has this deal reignited? like, are people just like, all right, like moving on or is there, because Junction's been the leader for five years, right? That, like, as a friend of mine said earlier today, the egg timer is ticking, um, Although NDP typically have a lot more patience for their leaders than conservatives, who give them about six minutes and then kick them out, party no matter what. Um, what is this fermenting any kind of dissent, or people accepted it and moved along?
1: Yeah, I don't think so. I, I think where where you know where I brought up um, um, Alberta and Saskatchewan is giving kind of Kenny that that tool to to basically say, you know, the the NDP and Liberals are. Are as bad as each other, um, and God knows he needs needs a tool right now. He's not having, <laughs> he's not having the greatest time. Um, needs a tool so. or is a tool? <laughs> I, oh, that's that's what you said. That's what you said. That was not me. Uh, I just asked <laughs> that, the question. Yeah. But that's, you know, the, the, having that to kind of, again, to fundraise off of things like that. I uh, listen when when Rachel got not was previous in government, she had uh, no problem of standing up and, you know, sticking her finger in the eye of, of uh, you know, the federal NDP if um, they were not where. Uh, where they needed to be for Alberta on resource issues, Uh, I imagine she won't have a problem doing again, uh, if if that's the case. But other than that, is that actually going to kind of sway, um, you know, her ability to form
0: government in in Alberta? I don't don't think so. Um, There was some rumors that this deal was going to include electoral reform, like of representation in the long run. Uh, and there is some elements of like, you know, reform on mailing mail ballots, multi-day votes. Uh, that would greatly benefit the NDP, um, probably disadvantage the Liberals. Certainly very much disadvantage the Conservatives, I agree, in certain circumstances. Um, we really don't like changing and we're pretty happy with the system as a stance. Uh, <laughs> our, do you think, you know, I was surprised at how much was unveiled initially. I kind of figured they'd unveil some pieces and then slowly eke out other wins over time. At least that's what I would have done. Um, do you think there's other chickens and pots or surprises coming forth, or um, maybe I'll go to—I want both of you. Maybe I'll go to Colin first. Um, or do you think that electoral reform, even though the PM has talked about it, is—is is, he hasn't moved on it, so is broadly off the table?
2: I think electoral reform in any sort of—I think it's—I think anything beyond what we're talking about right now is off the table for this prime minister i think too much time capital and you know reputational damage has has been sort of visited through the fanciful pursuit of i i I'm, I'm not like that liberal who doesn't i'm not a big fan of uh, voting i don't reform. like it either I, for the record i don't think i don't think <laughs> there, there's not a voting system i've come across that produces perfect results uh we have one that works pretty pretty well uh and and people are pretty comfortable with it and they know how to vote and they know what's going to happen broadly when they do vote so I'm, I'm i'm pretty fine with our voting system despite all its warts. um and I, I think the government has you know i think i think it is great i think i think making you know there's no reason voting day has to be one day there's no reason we can't move to more accessible versions of voting and how to vote and that kind of thing uh so i think those pieces you know those are important and those are good and they're, i'm glad they are there um but Any notion of kind of changing our system, I think, is off the table for this government.
0: Sally,
1: what do you think? I'm also, uh, and perhaps a little more unusually as a new Democrat, not (laughs) the the biggest... <laughs> proponent of 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 massive electoral reform, uh, but I do I do differ from uh, a lot of Canadians and certainly a lot of NDP voters in that in, in that respect. Uh, I'm with Colin though. I mean I think the the issues brought up and and the issues that arose in the last election, uh, particularly around you know, and I've, I've gone through a couple of different both provincial and, and federal now kind of COVID elections and uh, what that does kind of for ex- accessibility. We saw uh, issues uh, in the last election certainly around on campus voting, um, rural and First Nations voting, and that kind of accessibility, I think uh, I'd agree with Colin that this is, that's where I'd like to put my focus. And I'm, I'm glad they did on, on making voting as absolutely as accessible as possible.
0: Um, I Two questions left. Uh, last one, you've both worked in government. You've seen this list. Do you think there's any way on earth that even half of this shit gets done knowing how slow government like is there a hope in hell like I just I feel like it's very nice but there's no there's no fucking way that they're getting all this stuff done but I mean either of you I'm welcome correct me if you have great hopes that they're going to finish this entire laundry list in the next three years uh I I do not (laughs) the liberals are really good at promising stuff and, and and not
1: not always getting it done but that gives the NDP the opportunity and you know Colin talked about you know maybe some some wishy-washy language around timing and everything like that but I mean the, the whole kind of agreement is if you're not getting it done then the NDP can pull support at any time that's that's the agreement here right um you know is that if, if like if you're slow moving or, and, you know, the NDP can make, make any argument at any given time of around feet dragging or, you know, things that they've agreed upon that isn't moving um, and, and, and go from there. But I'd, I'd be, but they'll certainly have their list of priorities in terms of of that, of the ones that they are. Kind of pushing um, and you know this happens or or you don't have our, our, our support anymore, right? That's you know, uh, but yeah, understanding how government works and uh, and uh, the liberals track record, I would I'd be surprised if you accomplished all the things on that list.
0: Didn't they have like a promise tracker or two or something on a website where it was like they, I feel like somebody told me this at the beginning when they were first elected, they kept a list of all the stuff they promised to do and it was like 40% accomplished. what they've The deliver, Yes, the deliverology <laughs> days. That was a good time. That was a great time in, in Canadian politics. Um, all right, I know Sally's going to jump um, and but before we do, I just want just two, two quick minutes. You're the expert of all things uh, Western and there is a, hot mess express happening in Alberta right now. So uh, any um, takes, hot takes or um, inside tips or predictions about the um, great fiasco that is the the United Conservative Party leadership race right now? It is.
1: uh, I mean, it's a wild thing to watch as not, you know, obviously being being, uh, back and forth between Alberta and Saskatchewan all the time, but not being uh, obviously a member of the UCP, so it's, it's a wild thing to watch from, uh, from the outside. Um, you were supposed to have this uh, situation on April 9th, where you had to drive to Red Deer uh, to cast your your vote, either in support or, or not in support of, of Jason Kenney. Uh, and they were getting up to like 20,000 people registered Uh, to do that. And now, I mean, you can never know what's in everybody's mind, but I would imagine that um, 20,000 people were not super motivated to drive to Red Deer in order to, you know, affirm their, their, their deep support for Jason Tanney. So now they've, now they've moved to a mail-in ballot, which will be sent, I think, by April 9th. They have to be in kind of uh some uh, sometime in 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 the the first or second week of of may and then there will be a count but that expands things much more uh to kind of the cities or places where perhaps jason kenny has uh a a little more base of support within uh but i i mean even that even deciding kind of on on a dime that now we're going to turn this into a mail-in thing with when when we should have known like you know Less than two weeks from now, um, I um, I was the deputy national director of the NDP after Jack Layton passed away, and we uh, and kind of was pretty instrumental in running that leadership race, and we did a mixed mail in, digital you know, in advanced and, and during. Uh, and it was the worst six months of my life uh, in terms of <laughs> like the logistical challenges of, of organizing the vote across, you know. So trying to kind of change it late in the game, all I can say is, uh, you know, best of luck to the crowd organizing it.
2: Man. I just think okay. the thing that's so fascinating watching all of this from from afar is, and it's, it's been sort of a nonstop, Uh, death by a thousand cuts for Jason Ketty. like there's been sort of one scandal after another and some of them continue to drag on and they jump back up and and it's all from somebody who like I mean he just he had so much there was so much sort of organizational and political sort of uh, strength there right like he like think like uh, agree with him or not like the the sort of the, the path that he took to get from being MP to premier of Alberta and like merging parties and knocking people out of the way and taking over parties. And, and like, that was all based on like, we thought like really like political and organizational prowess, powerful, like uh, power and strength, right? And, and now it's all just kind of like crumbling everywhere around it and everything is like just, a, just a, a disaster and watching it from afar, you can't say it's enjoyable but it's kind
0: of entertaining it's entertaining i will say it's entertaining and i'm <laughs> friends involved in it so all right uh well thank you both so much for doing this um interesting takes on this supply and confidence agreement which is not a coalition uh, thank <laughs> you so much sally for gracing us with your presence we miss you so much at the nav offices but it's uh it's great to see you pop in once in a while great to see you all bro. right thank you so much guys political traction is powered by navigator Canada's leading high stakes public affairs firm. Our show is produced by John Gardner, Matthew Barnes, Adam Owen, and Thomas Ashcroft. A very special thank you to this week's guest, Sally Hauser and Colin McDonald. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate us online wherever you find your podcasts. You can also follow us on Twitter at Traction Poly. I'm your host, Amanda Galbraith. We'll see you next week.